Hello, everyone. Welcome to Marty Wong Chat. We are on episode, I think, 40? I think we're on 40. Let me check. Do I, did I post? Yeah, 40. Ooh, I've done 40 of this already. We started in like late February and then now in June, so we're at 40 episode. I'm trying to do something special, the 50 episode, but I'm not sure yet. We'll see. But anyway, thanks for joining. Uh, my name is Martin. And uh, of course, we're doing this right now live on Twitch. We're doing this right now every Tuesday, Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on everywhere else. We also just moved all my um, Marty Wong chat to a different channel. So making sure you go check that out as well. Tonight, we have the Lady Danger. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, she does amazing stuff. Uh, you know, we were just talking right before this, and apparently she do a lot more than I already knew that she's doing a lot already. We met in the cosplay world, but we kind of um, haven't seen her in a while in the cosplay world. It's a little bit different, especially with COVID. But you know what? I I'll let her uh, explain herself so she can tell us more about her. Hey, what's up, Brady? Hi, Martin. How are, How are you? you? Good, good. It's, uh, it's getting hotter and hotter in LA, I just realized, especially with all my lights in my room. It's really warm. <laughs> It's, so. uh, I, I used to, uh, my old apartment, I lived in LA, the air conditioning didn't reach my room. So when I would stream and I'd have all my lights on, it would be like a hundred degrees plus and I'd just uh. be like melting. And you said, be like, hi everyone. This is great. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I do. But the problem is that our last month, our AC for some reason gone way too high or something. So I still have to talk to the electric company, but it's it's not right that I charging us way overpriced. So oh no. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll look into it. Uh, <laughs> Easy to fix. Hopefully, but they they gave me a call and the their reasoning is just like, oh, you used a lot of electricity. Like yeah, not four times more, but they're charging us four times more. So I'm like, something's not right, but. We'll see. Because you guys are home more. I mean, I don't know what your working yeah. are based on COVID, but I know at least mine and my roommates' bills have gone up since we've been home because we just we're home all day now. Right, it shouldn't be that high, but you know what? We'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah, how how is COVID treating you now? Um, it's it's there. It's real. Um, <laughs> the the biggest difference for me is I'm working from home now. Um, so. Currently, I'm working as a video editor for a Magic the Gathering podcast called The Command Zone. And mm. so I've just been working from home. Like I've been one of the lucky people that I'm still working pretty much the exact hours that I worked before. And so that hasn't really been affected too much. But, you know, having a social life is completely gone. And now balancing, you know, working from home and like, being distracted by my dog or whatever and just trying to still work to the caliber that I was working before and and with everything going on in, in the world it's sometimes like it's it's well not sometimes it's absolutely overwhelming and mm. now I'm just like in my own safe bubble at like in in my room and, and my place but it, I'm still like trying to work with all of these emotions of like what I'm feeling of what's going on. And some like it affects my work sometimes where I'm just like, oh, I need to take like a five minute break and just like sit in a dark room alone. <laughs> the, uh, people were saying like now they have like uh, bedtime pajamas and daytime pajamas for like just working and not working time. <laughs> uh, for me, it's more like pants on, pants off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, 
before COVID, do you have to like? Were you still doing editing like of a podcast, or were you doing something different? Um, uh, before COVID, I was doing that. I've I I've been working there since I think November, and so mm. I was there, you know, a few months before all of this happened. And do they shoot it live, like with uh, like bringing guests, yes. or they still do it online?、Mm-hmm. Um, no, so we've been kind of like up in the air right now. So before COVID happened, we were, you know, we have this show called Game Nights, and so we would have, you know, Magic the Gathering creators come in and and we'd film and you know we'd work in the office together. And now with COVID, we haven't really been able to do that at all. You know, nobody's、mm. allowed to travel, nobody's in the office, everybody's working from home, and so everything's just kind of been on pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like having new people come in and stuff like that, yeah. I, and the thing is that we don't really have an end date. We don't know when it's exactly. Where it's like, cool, we are done with the COVID, and we can all back to normal.、And、it's not gonna be like a switch to. It's gonna be a transition. It's gonna be a complete transition, and I think a lot of people. Are dealing with it right now, and the changes that are happening and that are being implemented that they have to do in their life, depending on you know where you live and you know how your state is dealing with it. And I'm I'm hoping that some of these positive changes、uh, can be implemented moving forward. Like、mm. I love that in you know Japan they wear like if you're sick or you're traveling and like a very you know populated. You know, train or something. A lot of people wear masks. It's like very normal,、mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that that's something that can translate here. But from <laughs> everything that's <laughs> happening now, I do not foresee that.、Um, but a lot of the things that I've never really been able to utilize, like grocery shopping online and things like that, I'm like, I never want to go to a grocery store ever again. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I don't mind, you know, you know, paying somebody that's working hard. To to do that for me to allow me a little bit more time to myself,、um, and so I'm just hoping that through this whole experience, we as a country can learn to、uh, be a little bit more considerate of each other because I feel like it's something that we as Americans we don't we're not really good at. But it's such a not American thing to do. Like Americans love doing what they love to do, and they hate it when someone else tell them what they cannot do. That's when they go like, "F this! I'm definitely doing it because、oh, you、yeah. tell me I can't." Yeah, it's like it's like a country founded on the biggest like. Yeah. We, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, you can swear. Yeah. Okay,、uh, it's like the country founded on、uh, founded on like the biggest fuck you. So like we're、yeah. not okay with people telling us what to do, but at the same time, you have to think like there's other people around you, and all of your actions affect those other people. So, I mean, that's that what means, it is, like, right? We're like at first like very coldly of the British, and then they were like, "No, we don't want to be fuck you. We're out." And then it's like,、yeah. "All right," then they did it, and that's how we founded this country about three hundred years ago. Yeah, so it's like I'm hoping that some of the things that are are happening during this will help us as a country and come together and you know maybe be a little bit more considerate. <laughs> What I don't like is that I see a lot of countries are saying like or like how lots of us saying like oh how other countries are doing so well this and that, but it's kind of hard. We are a really big country. Like for example, people were comparing us to New Zealand, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But New Zealand population is really small. People compare us it, to Canada.、Uh, California has a bigger population than the whole country of Canada. So, 
I mean, yeah, a state can do very well, but a country-wise, it's not going to be easy to implement stuff to do, especially we it, love so much our freedom. Yeah, and so it's just like, you know, I hope that all of you are taking care of yourselves and the people around you because, like, we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know if there's going to be a cure. It's a virus. It's going to mutate just like anything else. So... I just hope that at some point we we get to a stabilized place where, you know, we can move forward with, you know, real life again. Even, yeah. Like the thing is that I don't know how to prep for it. It's not like I can. It's hard to tell like, oh, if you do this and this, you'll be fine. And it's not visible. Sometimes mm -hmm. also like it's going to stay in you for like two weeks. So it's not like, oh, I got sick. I instantly go to hospital. It's not like a cut, right? If you got stabbed, like, okay, I see what's going on. Blood's coming out. I'll go to the hospital. I'll get that fixed. But this, like, you don't know if you got it or not got it. And you don't know how to really prevent it. You can minimize your risk, but not really completely prevent it from happening. Yeah. And the uh, the other thing that I, uh, as an American, is really hard is there's so much information and, and misinformation mm. uh, in the digital age that we live in. And it's like one person says a mask. They say don't wear a mask. This person says wear gloves. This person says not wear gloves. And so you're like, what am I actually supposed to do? We also yeah. have this problem is that people will react to certain information and then do it way too over. Like, for example, the mask situation, right? What if we want to reserve the mask for more frontline, like doctors and nurse? But if you tell people, yeah, Mass is definitely is it necessary, then they'll overbuy it and then we won't have enough supply for people who really need it. You mean you like know? toilet paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freaking toilet paper. Oh my god. There was like three weeks I could not get toilet paper, so I keep end up just buying a lot of alcohol. <laughs> so every time I went to the store, like I'm gonna go get more TP. And then when there's like, oh, there's none left, but there's a case of, you know, like beer or like a case of like wine, like all right, I guess I'm picking this up. I'm getting some soju. Oh, yes. I love soju. So right before the pandemic hit, I, I went and I got some toilet paper. I did not overbuy toilet paper. I just got a regular, you know, <laughs> normal size package of toilet paper. And my roommate wanted to be like extra careful. So he ordered some toilet paper online and it came like two months later, I think. And in reality, it was like miniature toilet paper. Like I kid you not, <laughs> it was like this big, just, just, just this tiny little piece of toilet paper. And this tiny package came in. I was like, Steve, is, was this the toilet paper you were looking for? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, it's real small. And he opened it up and it was just tiny. And so I think the other thing is like a lot of people are taking advantage of our um, impulses. So like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we are running out of things, but then like now you have these tiny little, you know, bottles of hand sanitizer that are now like $20 and you're like, okay, well, can, mm -hmm. can I just be safe without being, you know, dirt poor now? <laughs> Finally, we're like back to the point where we can actually buy toilet paper. So that's good. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. No nothing else happens where, you know, everybody gets massive diarrhea and now everybody <sighs> needs more toilet paper. 2020 has been a crazy ride. It's only June. It's only been half the year. But we have done a lot. I feel like everybody keeps saying it and then it feels like this is the longest year ever. And I can imagine if I think about it, like my grandmother was born in 1924. She was born, you know, around the Great Depression. And like that had to have been the longest years of her life. And now here we are, not necessarily the Great Depression, but like 
through a crazy pandemic and epidemic and you're like, oh, this is, is this like a portion of what they felt where you're like, I don't know if it's going to end. I don't know, you know, what's going on. So. Mm-hmm. And recession is going to happen. Like, uh, oh, yeah. it's definitely affected how our, our economy works. Like even if we go back to work completely, we actually have lots of people who actually die. So we lost a lot of people in the workforce. So yeah, and then a lot of businesses are going under. So there's like not going to be jobs for people that had jobs previously to go back to. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I I know a lot of people are even considering changing careers because their career isn't it's not feasible to do Dude, that. I anymore. thought about it too. Like I'm kind of like, I'm not saying I'm worried. I don't think I'm worried because it's, it's so far as luckily it's still working out for me. But I'm like, this is so unsteady for me for what I'm doing. And I, but here's the thing. I have done corporate life before, right before what you know, what you all know me as now, mostly a photographer, Twitch streaming a bit. Uh, I was working in Silicon Valley. So I do a lot of, um, you know, tech job, but Man, it was not creative enough and it was killing me slowly every day. So that's the only reason why I haven't gone back yet. Because every time I like, ah, I want to do that so I have stable, you know, income. But then I'm like, no, I was really depressed because of that. So yeah, I feel like I hit the jackpot with my job because it's stable, which is m- like more than I can say that I've had in the past three or four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because working with cosplay, like cosplay and video game companies, it's like, you hope you have one really big project and that'll get you through half the year, maybe if you're lucky. And then like mm-hmm. you're hoping that you have something else. And I can't even imagine doing that now because like with what's going on. And I just feel so absolutely lucky that I have a stable job that I had one before the, the pandemic. And then I have one after because I don't know, I would, I would be homeless. I think, I think at this point and, mm. you know, sure you, I can stream, but, even the streaming platforms and YouTube and podcasts, they're all being flooded because now so many other people are looking for additional sources of income that mm-hmm. they can do from home. And it makes the grind even harder for those that are just starting in that. Cause you're like, well now every, you know, like we said before, yep. everybody's got a podcast now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, well I can't do that. Or now I have to find a super niche part of this to do or be a part of. And you're like, is that even going to be able to do it, you know? And I feel like every cosplayer is now trying to jump on the stream boat as well, too. Mm-hmm. Because especially with COVID, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you know, they can't go to conventions. They can't, you know, um, sell prints at conventions or anything like that, which mm-hmm. I know was a source of income for a lot of people. And, you know, they're moving to OnlyFans and, and Patreon. And, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but it's still so much work. Uh, as you and I both know, it's just it's so much work. And a lot so of people work. don't know that like how much work that actually is. And they're like, I'm just going to start a Patreon and it's going to be great. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> yep. By the no. second month, you're like, I can't create that much content and like keep backlog and print and ship. Yeah. But- and then even with the shipping, you know, shipping's delayed mm-hmm. because of everything. And then you get people that are angry and you're like, I have no control over it. And it's just a spiral. But like even the whole cosplay industry itself is, it's a weird, it, here's, you know, I've been in it for over 10 years and I know you've been in it for a long time, maybe even as long as I have. It's, it's weird because I, I have lots of photographers from around the world that's on my Discord and I talk about this all the time. 
without if we didn't do what we have done to industrialize cosplay, we wouldn't get to what it is now, which is kind of helpful, kind of double-edged sword. But at the same time, is that it's not the direction I really wanted to go. But unfortunately, it did go. Like I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Um. So I started cosplaying in like roughly about 2011. So. Almost, almost 10 years. I'm not good mm -hmm. at math. <laughs> um, and when I first started cosplaying, I was just ecstatic to make things. To make It was things. exciting. Yeah, it was so exciting. It was like such an, I don't want to say like a new thing because it was, it was happening before that. But for me, it was like such a new thing. And I just wanted to make. I wanted to make, mm -hmm. make, 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 make. But I've always been like a business-minded person because mm. I've also been streaming gosh, I've been streaming for six or seven years now. And mm. so as soon as I really got into cosplaying and then I also got into streaming a few years later and I was like, oh, I can do both. It is, that's going to be great. And then I- Brittany, hold on. Yeah? We lost oh. your camera oh, for a second. No. <laughs> is that a normal thing? Oh, it's a new camera. I don't know. <laughs> Did it like self turn off? I think so. Let me see. Sorry, guys. No worries. I mean, we can we can still hear you perfectly fine. Yeah. So your mic and your uh, headphone is great. But yeah. This has never happened before. I wonder Maybe. if my battery died. Oh. Possibly. I don't, I don't know. Is it can, off? Yes, it is off. <laughs> okay. It I might be the battery. Switch, I can switch to my other camera. Sure. T take a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, friends. <laughs> no worries. Like, I was wondering, like, should I, should I tell her? Like, because <laughs> you're right in the middle of a sentence. I know, that was... Right. I know. Dude, but that camera that you said you got, like, that is a great one. The, uh, was it the Sony Z7? Yeah. That's, I think that's the one that I got. Um, Let's see. And, what I realized is I don't think I, because for my other camera, I have like um where you can plug it in and you don't have to worry about your battery dying. ZV1. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you I don't have that for this one yet. Yeah. go. Uh, yeah. You need to buy one then. Like I just show, uh, show, show my housemate on how to do the whole, um, you know, using a camera as a webcam and that kind of stuff. And you know, here's the thing. Though. I, it's surprising how there's still not a very good webcam out there in the market. And people are still using, you know, video cameras or like ph photography cameras. But it's actually not that hard to set up. Uh, it so, really isn't. Yeah. But we, we, we'll see. Like, that's, that's, I feel like that's what separates a lot of stream from good quality to like, oh, wow, this seemed like a much higher productions and stuff like that. You're like, this is some professional stuff going on. And then here I am. Uh, my mine turns off. <laughs> it's okay. That's what a live show is for. <laughs> oh, guys, we're live. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. Dude, but I haven't done live show in such a long time. Like, I I enjoy doing the... I, I enjoy the madness of it sometimes. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, like, no. I, I think, uh, when was the last time I did host some cosplay contest? Wait, you do hosting as well, right? I do. I've been dipping my toes into uh, Magic the Gathering hosting. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and I absolutely love it. It's it's a weird experience because you're I don't know if you've like you've hosted stuff before, but if you yeah. do like a casting where you're an analyst, which is mm. what I was doing, you mm-hmm. are stri- like you have somebody talking in your ear mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. while you're also trying to explain a play that's going on mm-hmm. and uh you're like okay, just like focus. You're like you can do this. It is fine. I have uh, I have a guest on uh, like two months ago. Her name is uh, Glitter Explosion, and she also you know did coasting, did casting, this uh, analytics. Um, man, those uh, but the ones that with analytics, I feel like so difficult because like you are given data and you want to making sure you be very smooth when you talk, but also bring up those talking points and making sure you're related to those data as well, and you can't really get it wrong. No, you can't. Like. I I kept saying things incorrectly because I was nervous. <laughs> but you're, you're like you know you're trying to be informative and you're trying entertaining. To sure you're you're entertaining and also like still trying to um uh sorry I'm trying to plug this in here. Uh, <laughs> you're trying to like do a million different things at once, and a lot of people don't realize that like having somebody talk in your ear while you're also you like stating an analytical like play is really mm-hmm. difficult it's really difficult and also like even if you ignore them it's still very difficult but sometimes it's not you, you can't you have to like know what they're saying as well because you'll be streaming you'll be talking and then oh it's not streaming sorry you'll be like on, on the show live there'll be no oh, ah here you are uh-huh. i'm coming back <laughs> but yeah so like you have to um uh, you don't have to click record. You know you're recording right now, right? No, I uncl- I accidentally clicked it. Just FYI. <laughs> I, I know. I'm a professional. Uh. Uh, but yeah, no. So like, um, yeah, when someone's talking, because like sometimes like, infor- important information too, like someone's talking to you and you're like, all right, all right, uh, lady, we have, um, you know, 20 seconds until we go to ad. So try to wrap it up. And you're like, yeah, that was a great play. And you like keep trying to talking like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I need to, mm-hmm, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm, yep. You're like 20 seconds. All right, that was a great play. And uh, now I'm going to give it back to you, Johnny. <laughs> and like, hopefully, it's Johnny. Like, oh, did he say Johnny? Or did he say like um, some other names? Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, now I'm distracted. Uh, I'm like, ah! no worries. No worries. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> we were talking about cosplay and yeah. then how we fell in love when we first started, but then yeah. kind of shifted after that. Yeah, so um, once I started, I I took a really weird route with my cosplay. Most cosplayers are like, I'm going to go to a million conventions. And I did that for a while. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to sell prints. I don't want to, you know, do all of this hustle and bustle because it wasn't feasible for me to be able to travel that much. Mm -hmm. And so I started working with video game companies, which was kind of like, it was sort of happening, but not like a lot. And so the few people that did actually get to work with really big video game companies, it was like really cool. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I kind of took that route and then I tried the Patreon thing and, you know, I did sexy photo shoots and that was great. But I stepped away from it because what I realized it was doing is it was eating away at myself. It made mm. me 
you know, in the same way you see magazine women of like, just they're just per they're they're perfect, right? Um, <laughs> and I was seeing all these other cosplayers, and all their stuff was so perfect. Their bodies were perfect. Their hair was perfect. Their costumes were Im immaculate. And I was like, I could never live up to that. I can never live up to the amount of content that they're putting out. I just I don't have those tools available to me, and it was mm. eating away at my self confidence, my self image. Um, I was getting like imposter syndrome and all this other stuff as it like my career went farther along because I saw the community just shifting, right? It wasn't always it what it wasn't like just do what makes you happy anymore. It was do what's current, do what's popular, do mm -hmm. what people want you to do, or you're not gonna get noticed. And or if you don't do X, Y, and Z uh you're not going to be popular and and if you're trying to make a business out of it those are all important things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i just kind of like stepped away i was like i need to take care of me and i need to take care of my brain and my body and the way that i want to be viewed and i won't let anybody tell me <laughs> what i should should be doing and mm -hmm. so I stepped away from it because i lost a lot of joy that it was bringing me from when i originally started and you know, I still really stuck it to the man and did things that were really obscure and nobody really knew about because it made me happy. So like in that in that aspect and um, I'm kind of at the point now where I, I just miss making things mm -hmm. so much that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I want to make, you know, a costume here and a costume there, you know, but I'm not going to have anybody tell me what they want. And, you know, I'm going to listen to my community because those are the people that have stuck by me through all of those ups and downs. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to focus on, you know, being a host and maybe something that I'll have a little bit more longevity because being a cosplayer, you know, you don't really see a lot of old cosplayers. <laughs> well, we never went through a full life cycle of what a cosplay career is like. Even cosplay as a career it's such a new thing. So it's, mm -hmm. there are a few pioneers in our industry that we saw happen. And there's maybe only two routes we have seen that works. Yeah. And they're very limited. And also it's very special circumstances, you know. I, I think it's extremely special circumstances. Because right now, like, I can, I can list off maybe like five cosplayers that are really doing well for themselves you know yaya mm -hmm. jessica kamui um kimpatsu and like mm -hmm. maybe a few others that are like really like they're going they are machines they are like mm -hmm. unstoppable but i feel like all of them offer something so specific and i think they started when they started the community was just so different at that point. There was like nothing like it or nothing mm -hmm. like them specifically. And so they've been able to flourish. And because you flourish early, you don't, I don't want to say you don't have to work as hard because they still work very, very hard. They got lucky in a position where they can work hard. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is exactly it. And now it's like a grind to climb Mount Everest to mm -hmm. even match anything to it. And you have to go into it knowing that you're, not going to be Jessica Negri. You're not going to mm -hmm. be Yaya Han. You are going to be you, and that has to be okay. And the disparity between the top, let's say, 10, uh, and then the next top 10, and then it's the rest. Like, other than the top, like, maybe 20, the scale is just way too crazy, you know? Like, the top people are making a lot of money and working really hard, but the rest of them are working really hard, but they're not making even proportional to that amount at it's all not even close to the same not even close yeah nothing 
So, I mean, I got lucky too. I got in at the right time, at the right place uh, where it was starting to flourish. But like I say this all the time, if I start doing this now, even I couldn't get to where I am right now or where I was, you know, doing the cosplay side of things because I've seen how people have done it too. And I have seen a lot of photographers do amazing, amazing work, but they're not getting the uh, recognition they deserve. So, and, and I it's like that on both sides. There are tons of amazing oh, yeah. cosplayers and crafters mm -hmm. that are putting out phenomenal work. That just like you. I mean, you it. make amazing work and you're super pretty as well. So, you know, like it makes sense. It doesn't, it just people don't get that kind of thing that they deserve, you know? Yeah. And it's so funny because like just what you said, so many people have said that to so many people I know. They're like, but you're so amazing. And you're so talented and you deserve to be noticed. I'm like... Yes, maybe, but like, but it's not happening. I, 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 it's not happening, and I don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, I just see me, and like, I, I, I have a specific style in which I cosplay. I like to call it like hyper realism of like, I'm gonna take this thing and I'm gonna make it look like it came out of a movie, which is mm -hmm. not how everybody else cosplays, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, it's so much more work and effort goes into it. And then you're like, for what? I got a picture. And because I'm like, I don't want to sell prints. So, <laughs> you know, and it's just, you know, sharing your art with the, the world. And I think since I stopped cosplaying one, I feel so much better about myself, my self-image. And I also am now inspired to make art, but I'm not necessarily inspired to make replicas. Like I'm more inspired to make my own original designs and to flex mm. those muscles to be like, ah, oh, here's this original character that you've never seen before. And that like nobody else has ever done. Uh, because to me, that's a little bit more exciting and it lets my artist brain kind of like flourish. I think that the problem with cosplay is that and modeling in general is so tied to self image. Like, I feel like professional models had has to learn and have already learned to, you know, separate between how you're being seen, the products that you're producing versus who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. But lots of people put, you know, how they look as a, um, so tied to their own personal trait. So they kind of get discouraged from it. I'm a photographer. I see all the flaws, flaws of every single person. Like nobody's perfect. I spend hours editing people's face and body all the time. It, trust me, it's not that fun. <laughs> But <laughs> but here's the thing, like, um, for me, I think I can separate between how someone look and how it, because like, I see so many different people. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it shouldn't be so something that so speak to yourself as, but it does, your confidence, you know, your confidence will definitely affect by it, right? Like, you're like, well, I don't feel like I see myself as good. And as you said, imp imposter syndrome. And even though you're fully aware the photos and video you see online are not exactly real. They've all been edited. They've all been, you know, uh, someone like me who spent hours, you know, retouching photos. Uh, but it's still were amazing, though. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But there's the, thing, the same thing with my photos, too. Like, uh, I like my photos, my portraits very different than my cosplay photos. Mm -hmm. um, like, I spent a lot of time on it. But as you said, uh, sometimes like, I hope someone do realize it because I'm spending two or three hours on a single portrait of details that you were never able to see. Uh, like, you not know, the very, like, like, retouching stuff, but yeah, it, it sucks. Is <laughs> the, uh, the other thing, like, along the lines of that is I kept trying to make myself marketable. 
trying to make myself, you know, friendly and this, this and that, which I mean, there are things that I am, but like kind of go above and beyond. You're like, oh, I'm going to like be a caricature of myself. And that's something I told myself I never wanted to do. I, with my community, I'm transparency is pivotal for me. You're mm. going to get me and you're going to get a hundred percent me. And, and that's how I felt like I wanted my cosplays to be presented as well and like my business and all of that which is why it was so easy to go from cosplaying to hosting because I never had this false narrative of who I was it was mm -hmm. always like this is exactly me this is exactly what you're gonna get and and I don't have to worry about it and so that's why hosting has been so much easier because I just get to be me and that's good enough they mm -hmm. want me to be me. And the other thing I stopped doing along with cosplay, and this might sound really crazy because you're like, oh, well, it's your business and stuff like that. But I stopped posting on Instagram. I stopped using filters. I stopped wearing lots of makeup. I stopped um, doing all of that because I didn't want that to validate me. I wanted myself to be good enough. Just myself i wanted to be able to look at myself in the mirror with no makeup on and be like you're amazing you're wonderful you're beautiful and like that is good enough you don't but need you are so that's like <laughs> you're in a position that's very easy for do so because you are in all those things so it's well, like i know but everybody has their own like demons right so like i might look in the mirror and you see like this beautiful person but i look in the mirror and i'm like oh you're getting old and you're you know you're not beautiful if you don't have fake eyelashes on and all of these things that it's not just cosplay it's like society in general that are telling you that you need to have x y and z to be beautiful and so i really took the past i think year two years to like just love myself mm -hmm. and not worry about how anybody else was going to think that I looked or anything like that. And it's made me so much more confident. And I know mm. it seems crazy, but I, and I see the burnout in a lot of my friends and I, and I see where I was in a lot of people that I know. And I know that it's scary to be like, Nope, I'm just going to, you know, cold Turkey. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, cause it's their source of income or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And I just did it. Cause I was like, I can't, continue working this job that is eating me alive like big business and the tech industries mm -hmm. i i don't want to like die inside after every photo i get taken uh and then I, there's nothing left of me at the end of it so, fair 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 <laughs> yeah yeah bring it back around <laughs> because i was like you're right that's just not smart on the business side but like you know what yeah if it's killing you on the inside like i get it now now i can relate yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. It's it's hard. Like it's it's I feel like it's such a flip back and forth for me sometimes, you know, cuz it's it's good to be happy with yourself, but at the same time you see so many others doing amazing things and getting this, all these opportunities, you know, then you're like am I supposed to do that too? And like especially now like in the recent uh week we also see a lot of uh, horrible people in our community in our industry it's i don't i'm not surprised i i'm just gonna say that i am not surprised um mm -hmm. because history tells us that people in power are always going to abuse their power mm -hmm. so seeing all of these victims come out with their experiences of what people in power have dangled over their heads or done to them 
is just disgusting. And I tell myself all the time and I tell people close to me to hold your friends accountable because we live in a society where it's so easy to just be like, oh, well, he's not like that with me or she's not like that with me and I've never seen them do that or, you know, whatever it may be. But in reality, you might just not have been in the situation where that would happen. Mm-mm-mm. And then you're also, you know, at big parties and conventions and stuff like that where it's like you're, you've got your little blinders on, you know what I mean? You might not see mm-hmm. what Joe Schmo's doing at the bar to this person or what this other person's doing to this other person. And so I feel like if we just hold each other more accountable, then it's a lot easier to nip those kind of things in the butt. And mm-hmm. I think it's it it's the same thing where, you know, I know a lot of these people don't say anything and a lot of these victims don't say anything because it's their jobs on the line. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's another thing is, like, if we can nip these actions in the butt before that person gets to a place of power, then hopefully that doesn't have to happen later down the line, which yeah. is, like, it starts from the bottom all the way up. You know what I mean? And it's, like... I am the friend that will tell you if you're being an asshole or if you're being disrespectful or if you are, you know, doing something wrong. And I've gotten a lot of issues with that through my years because it's confrontational and it's rude or, you know, however people want to perceive it. But at the end of the day, I I know that. Especially for a woman, like people keep using the phrase like, oh, she's hard to work with you know yes, yes. Mm-hmm. uh specifically being a woman because we're supposed to be soft and we're supposed to be this and we're supposed to be all these things and i'm like move over i'm none of those things uh <laughs> and i you know i've lost friendships over it but then i've also had people that have come back a year or two later being like you know what thank you i needed to hear that and you were the only person that said that to me And Mm. so I don't mind being the bad guy to hopefully help somebody learn and grow because I understand that uh, people have have been sheltered a lot of their lives and they haven't been in situations where, you know, they've, you know, been around a lot of people of color or they've been around a lot of gay people or they've been, you know, been in a power of position around, you know, the opposite Mm -hmm. sex or, you know, whatever it means. It may be because it goes through everything. And... I'm just like, I will give you the benefit of the doubt that mm-hmm. you are not being purposefully ignorant. And a lot of people in power or with fame has worshippers and all they hear will be good things. Yes. I like to call it, um, oh gosh, what did I just say to my roommate? It's like an echo chamber where mm. a lot of these people in power surround themselves with people that will praise them till the end of the world. And they don't have, yes, they have yes men, yes women, all of this. And then, you know, one person infiltrates in and like me, be like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, no, 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 you, mm -mm, that is not okay. (laughs) And then I'm like, I'm ostracized. And they're like, how dare she? She's a troublemaker. She's this. And I'm like, no, I'm just... I know what it feels like to be the little guy or I've had so many people around me that have been mistreated that I am I will not tolerate it. 
around me. And, you know, I, and it's not just my friends. I've done it in public. I've done it in a grocery store. I've done it in the airport. You know, I had this one time where this old white man tried to cut a whole line of like 15 people at the security. And like, everybody's like looking at each other, like, is anybody going to say anything? And I was like, excuse me, sir. Like you, (laughs) the back of the line is over there. And he's like, no, I'm good up here. And I was like, Mm, you just cut in front of like five different people. You can go to the back of the line. He's like, well, I'm here now. And, you know, I was like, you can take your white privilege and move it to the back of the line because it ain't mm. happening. And he was like, oh, 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 and I was like, you know what? I don't care. And so he wouldn't move. And the security lady was like, cause you know, there's the big machine and then there's like mm-hmm. just a regular metal detector. And she was like, okay. Um, all of you can come this way and we're just going to move you through this. And he tried to jump in the line and she was like, you can stay right there <laughs> and made him wait for all of us to go through the regular metal detector. And, yeah. and then like he went in last. And so I feel like more people need to be less afraid of confrontation when it's about doing what's right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At that point, I don't think it's confrontation. I just think it's fact. The problem is that people in power will always try to discourage people to do that. And they will try to weed out people that are whistleblower. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not an easy job to do. It's also a lot of sacrifice. It's lots of risk. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally get that. And it and sometimes it eats away at me. I'm like, why don't I have more friends? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it's it's a systemic issue. It's people mm-hmm. in power have made Americans not want to fight mm. or argue for things that they deem is not correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is also led into how we are as people. And so I've been privileged to live a life where I have so many gay family members. I'm biracial. I've grown up with four or five different cultures around me at any given time. And so I've seen the struggle, you know, I've had family members that have been drug addicts and alcoholics, and I've lost people at a very young age. So I've gone through a lot of trauma and I've had a lot of trauma around me that you wouldn't think a 29 year old has had around them, which has made Mm me, me, right. Mm -hmm. And so few people have had those experiences where they just write it off as, oh, that's just, that that never happened. That would never happen. That could never happen, right? Because they've mm-hmm. never been in it. And you're like, it happens every day, you know? And so I'm like a fighter. I'm like, I will fight tooth and nail for my friends if it's something that I truly believe is correct and right. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm wrong, you know? My emotions <laughs> get the best of me. But I just, I want more fighters, you know? and it's so just got to be with, brought back in. With the protesting going on and everything, and, you know, and I've noticed for a long time too, but tell me more about the biracial kind of um, the identity of yours. Like, how does that look? You're like? going to make I, me I, cry. <laughs> I'm very interested in how is that like, and like, especially if everything's going on. Gosh. <laughs> it's something I've struggled with for a really long time. Uh, And it's hard to talk about. And I know a lot of other biracial people will feel this way. And for me, being a white passing person, I have a lot of privilege. Um, Hmm. 
but I'm also not neglecting the other people around me, like my sisters and my brothers and my nieces and my nephews that don't have that. And so there's, oh gosh, I feel like my voice is lost amongst Mm. everything that's going on because I'm biracial and I'm white passing and people disregard my heritage because I look white. And I'm like, that's not fair. My dad's Native American and he's black. And Mm. so you can't disregard all of that and the struggle of those people because I look white because I know my privilege and I use it to their benefit constantly, which I think is what makes me so much of a fighter because they can't fight because they get marked as the angry black woman or, you know, the gangster or this or that or whatever somebody wants to wrap that into. And so I think that's why I stand up for the little people. I stand up for the people that are are not viewed as right or correct or perfect. And, you know, there is just as much issue with being a No, there's not just as much issue. There's a huge issue with being a biracial person and trying to find where you fit in with society. Do you get pushback from both sides? Like, what do you? Yes. As a kid, you get pushback from both sides. You're not black enough. You're not white enough. You're 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 kind of ostracized by both sides. Or you know, I'm like I'm black, and they're like, No, you're not. And I'm like, Yes, I am. My dad this, this, and that. And they're like, oh, you know, you could be the mailman's baby. And mm. I'm like, how how could you say that to somebody? You know, it's mostly things that happened when I was younger, but I still have to argue my nationality to people. And I'm like, I don't want to have to do that, which is why I don't talk about it very much because I don't want to have to sit there and be like, yes, I am this thing. I don't care what you think I look like. You're not going to erase my history and the history of these people because you think I look like one thing. And it's so hard because for me, you know, thinking of my mom and dad being together, you know, when I was younger and the and the fights that they had just to be an interracial couple mm-hmm. and it is setting the future for us eventually and and of course this is very much in america right mm-hmm. um it is setting the precedence for the future you know in the future everybody's going to be mixed mm-hmm. there won't yep. be just one or the other and i'm like we are the future but we're being very <laughs> forgotten you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm not saying by any means we have the struggle that people of color and you know natives have in america because we don't but we have a different struggle that doesn't ever get talked about because we don't feel like we have a voice in either side of the opinion because Mm. if i'm like i'm gonna stand up for you know people of color they're like white girls sit down or if Mm -hmm. i'm standing up for people of color to white people they're like yeah but you have white privilege and i'm like but it doesn't mean that I don't see all of the chaos on both sides with everything. And I just so deeply want everybody to be treated equally. And that goes from being anywhere in between that, just a human being. They are, they, they're human rights. And I, am, I, I don't get political on my, my um, Twitch. And I've always kept you know, politics out of a lot of 
things I post because it is is more marketable. But mm. these these things that we're going through right now are not politics. They're human rights. Human rights. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are so surprised that I've been vocal about it. You know, I don't think my community is. I think other people that didn't really know um, aren't surprised. But what I can say is that I'm so proud of the community that I have fostered because I have not had a single person in my community come out and be like, you know what? You just lost a follower. How mm. dare you? How dare you do this? I have not had a single person do that. And I know very few creators that can say that because I have focused from the beginning on inclusivity and community and respect in mm -hmm. my community. And it's a hard thing to put your foot down on and to do because they're, you know, when your community gets so huge, you're like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't be a social media manager and all these other things that cosplayers are to mm -hmm. monitor that community. And that's why I would rather just have this small community that is uplifting and positive in in a world full of tons of chaos and negativity i think my roommate tells me about this one guy who talks about a thousand true fans and that if you have a thousand true fans that will always buy your book that will always buy this that'll buy your merchandise and buy that it is worth more than having ten thousand followers on instagram where two people will buy something definitely so, yep so that's what i focused on i focus on constantly is is quality over quantity. And I think that gets lost in our age of social oh, media. Definitely. Yeah. Like everything is quantity these days. I mean, we know we see it from the cosplay culture, the only fan culture, a lot of things, you know, in general and social media. It's just, you know, even our president, he posts a lot and they could be horrible things, but it'll be forgotten the next days because it's the next thing, the new thing, new thing, quantity, you know? Mm -hmm. And And it also just goes back to like, us as a society where it's like what information is the right information and if it's not you know newsworthy it just gets swept under the rug but it doesn't mean it's any less important and so i i've found a place you know specifically with on twitch that i have fostered this community and you know i've worked with those big companies and i've had them post me on social media and they're real breakdown for anybody that has worked in the social media industry is that doesn't translate it does not mm. translate it doesn't mean you're going to get a million followers it doesn't mean you're going to get all these other things it's literally just a blip on the timeline of social media and it's gone in an instant mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we like got to focus on that quality it's it's so much more important and that's why i've been trying to you know find tangible things in the community that I'm working in because I used to be a really big in the League of Legends community and I've switched over to magic and that's been my focus. And I found a real good place in the community where I, my opinion is valued and I feel like being a female in a male dominated community with a loud voice for everyone else, I can make a difference. So you're and, fighting for many things. Yeah, I'm fighting for everyone. Like I don't want any person to feel like they don't belong because that's just not it and i felt like i don't belong for so long as a kid 
being biracial and being goth and being, you know, and I was all over the place. I was a goth kid. I was a cheerleader. I rode horse. I rode horses. I played softball. I did all these things. And I could never find a place that like I truly, truly fit in. And like now I feel like I found my voice and I found my place. And like I'm looking to make a difference. And I just hope that it's good enough. And I can totally relate to that. You know, like I as an immigrant, it's, it's not it's not easy to fit in. And the desire to fit in is very, very strong. You know, you want to be like one of them. You want to be people just care as much as you do, you know. And it, it, it's kind of like feel like when you're in a house party, in a room party, where you try to talk and then nobody responds. And someone could say either the same thing or something. And then they get all the cheers. And you're like, look, man, I just want to be part of this, you know. I don't even have to be the most popular one here. I just want to be one of us, you know, that... Mm-hmm. And it's, it sucks. Um, and I know how, like, you know, fighting. And I, I think that we should fight while we still can. Like, there's, yeah. I, I'm from a, from a country, from a city that I know that fighting is important while that's still available. Because if not, then it's, it's going to be a very dangerous place for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's tough. It's tough. Like I, I can see how, like when you know, you make any statements if they didn't know about you, it would be extremely, extremely difficult. Because having white passing, that that is to them is a to maybe a lot of people in the black community is a privilege. You know, they see them as like, oh wow, you have all the good stuff. You know, of course they'll treat you well. But then you also, I'm sure, get the hate from both sides, and that's really hard. Because like at the at the root, it's just like I just want us to be equal. You know, that's the thing. We just want to fight for the good fight. And it kind of sucks when you're getting pushed back from both. Yeah, it's and uh, this person in the chat said it really well. It's you want to be wanted, but you want to be wanted as you, which is kind mm-hmm. of what I was talking about before. And when I why I stepped away from the cosplay community, I want to be wanted for me, which is why hosting feels so nice because m- me is good enough. Just 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 like that. I don't have to put on a costume. I don't have to do anything. I just have to be me. And you want to be wanted just for you. And, you know, I, I am of the mind where we are all going to make mistakes down this road. We have all made mistakes. We've all said the wrong thing. We've, or, or, or whatever it may be. And, you know, cancel culture is real. It is there. It is happening. And, you know, it's, mm. it's people fighting for things that have been done to them for so long but the other thing we also have to realize is we can't condemn people that are willing to change if they make a mistake because Mm. if we do that there will be no one else left to help us fight for it Mm -hmm. and so there's a difference between somebody being blatantly like I don't care your opinion or whatever. And then somebody admitting that they've made mistakes and that they want to work harder and they want to work better and they want to be an ally. And then they trip up and they make a mistake. And that's where you step in and you, as a friend, you hold them accountable and then you help lift them back up. Because if you, you know, just destroy them for making that one mistake, they might not ever want to try again. I say that all the time, but I don't think people see that. And that's the one of the biggest fallacy in cancel culture like we should encourage improvement not try to go for perfect because nobody's perfect yeah and it's... our definition of perfect keep changing every day you know what is acceptable 50 years ago is definitely not acceptable now you know like even the standard for as you said your parents are you know a biracial uh couple 
that is not, that's not even legally allowed within some people's lifetime here. There's people who were alive and back then that was not legal. So that is not right back then. It's and definitely away from perfect. But now we see that as like, that shouldn't be the case, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we should always strive for letting people to be better and encourage others to have that chance to be better. And it's, it's, it's like a double-edged sword, right? You want people to be better, but then you mm-hmm. also have to be real when you can tell somebody is not interested in being better. At that point, mm-hmm. yeah, you can have a conversation. And if you're like, there's this isn't going anywhere, then you can write it off, right? You're like, this person has 30 years of action where they have never changed and never done anything better as opposed to somebody that's genuinely trying to try, like be better. And I feel like that's what we're missing is being able to judge that mm. because sometimes our emotions dictate our actions more than our conscious mind to step away and be empathetic. But then there's people that, you know, don't deserve that empathy, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's, it's like a, a wibbly wobbly line of like what, what you should and shouldn't do and you're damned if you're due and you damned if you're don't. Um, and so it's, it's gonna, it's a long road and I'm hoping with so much going on right now with everything, you know, in the gaming industry and in the cosplay industry and, and, you know, in life and inequality that this is something that we continue moving forward because if we just forget this blip, it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. One thing I think is very missing, and I don't have an answer for this. This is something I observe and I can see is that we're not really good at encouraging positive behavior. Like it's very easy to point out the wrong. It's like someone did something bad. It's like, yeah, we tell them, it's like, this is bad. No, cool. But we don't, We because maybe because our industries are still very young, um, mm-hmm. but it's multiple industry too, is that we don't have a way to say, that person's doing great. You all should be kind of like that person. So it's hard for people who try to want to be better and want to be accepted and want to be also do the right thing, but don't know what the right thing is, you know? Mm-hmm. And we don't have that. It's kind of like a role model, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially now in gaming as well. So I think we're trying to find that balance. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a balance that I struggled with with a long time. And to be quite honest, therapy helped me figure that out. Um, Mm. And to help me realize that sometimes you have to look inside, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. and realize that maybe you're also making mistakes and that you have to be able to, yeah. As I get older, I feel like a lot of things I'm saying sound more and more cliche, but it feels like more and more true. Sabbath to you? Think, yeah. Oh, all the time. <laughs> uh, I've been saying it forever. I say, be the change you want to see. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, I've, I have said it forever. And I, I, and I mean it because yeah. nothing will change if you don't set the tone and be an example of what you want to see. And and that's exactly what it is. You, I don't want somebody to put me up on a pedestal and be like, you need to be like her. I would hate that. I'd be like, no. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just let me be me over here. And like, if you like what I'm doing, do that too. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think it takes a lot of internal reflection to figure mm-hmm. that out. It, the, from, I feel like we are not 
we're very diverse in people, but we're not very diverse in culture. And America is very still trying to figure out what that is like.、Mm-hmm. So it becomes very. I see a lot of people on the internet is very hypocritical, you know. Yeah. And it, it, it's scary when people use buzzword or buzz phrases and think like, I hate things like, oh, good vibes only. I like that's is avoiding the problem. That is just telling people like, don't say anything that is. Not even negative. Negative. It could be anything that's just like trying to be better, you know.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it's taking some some time. Like America is very young as a country, and anything、yeah. within that is gonna be even younger. So we still, I guess, we're still trying to figure that out. I think we totally are, and we don't we don't have a culture that um tells you to fix problems. We have a culture、mm. that that um. Tells you to hide your problems and not talk about your feelings, and that you need to have this image of perfection. You know what I mean? And and、mm-hmm. the, the the like perfect glimpse of that is during the fifties, when like the perfect housewife and this, and you do this, and you know.、Um, whereas opposed to like now, you know, it's not so much perfect, and and everything's kind of been flipped on its head, and its access as we've progressed forward and moved forward as a culture, and we. And and a and a country, and we have a long way to go. I love history, so I'm like, I know <laughs> about other histories. I'm like, you want to know what they went through?、Uh, and so I I feel like we're finally getting to that hump where like maybe we'll find out in like twenty, thirty, forty years really who we are as a country.、Um, but I I just see us. We're working. We're trying. You know. I always say this: America is such a young country. We have been around America. What's independence was seventeen seventy six, so it's about like three hundred something years. You know, that's just about. And I, I I say this all the time too. Let's say a person is about eighty years life. Just for example, you know, average.、Um, and you times that by three, and that's it. It's only about three people. That's how far American as a history itself. So it's a very very young country. Uh, so we still trying to figure things out, and yeah, we, we're getting better at it. We just need to really, you know, work toward. It's just work. It's work. It's, it's hard not... work. Yeah.、Uh, so that's great.、Uh, anyway, thank you so much. You know, I this is great. It's a lot of fun. I know I love chatting with you.、Um, uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me、uh, on my Twitch channel,、uh, which is Twitch.tv/LadyDanger. You can find me on Instagram at TheLadyDanger. You can find me on、uh, Twitter at Brittany Michelle. But if you just if you just search Lady Danger in Twitch,、uh, Twitch, Twitter, you'll find me. And Martin's amazing, and I'm so glad to be here to talk with you. I can't believe it took 40 episodes for you to invite me on, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see you in person too. Sometimes when you know most of these are over, I would love to hang out when this is over. You know, and hopefully, it doesn't require me locking myself out of my home. Oh yeah, I hope not. <laughs> so yeah, last time,、uh, last time I saw this is the last time or have I seen you since? No,、then? you've seen me since then at like a con. Okay, okay,、something. good, good, good. Because like one time I、uh, when I first moved to LA,、uh, I only know so many people in LA, and Brittany is someone I can trust. So I gave her my keys because <laughs> I know someday I will lock myself out. And in the last month, that was before I moved out, I did lock myself out. So like, <laughs> I feel really bad too. I was like, um, hi, Brittany. Um, kind of lock myself out. Do you still have that key? <laughs> I was like, yes. 
So I'm so glad you came through. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for, you know, watching, for, you know, gifting sub or, you know, for following everything. I love you guys. Uh, we'll be back again on Thursday. Uh, but, you know, again, you can also watch this uh, on YouTube and listen to it on iTunes, on Spotify, everything. So thank you so much for joining. And I'll see you all next time. Bye.